This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to this beautiful fall day. I just love this weather. It's just so crisp outside. It makes you want to start a fire inside by the fireplace, doesn't it? I don't know if you guys have that, but for me, I love being outside and enjoying the outdoors, but then coming in and snuggling in with a good book or maybe doing some yoga or light reading or meditation by a beautiful fire. And which leads me to today's Let's Keep It Real guest, which I will bring her on in a second. I'm so excited. Her name is Hope Zabara. And Hope and I have been trying to get together for a little bit, but finally we're here and I'm excited for you to meet her. I am going to meet her for the first time, which I love. She is, which got me to the Cozy Fire and Book. She is a yoga lifestyle expert. She's a best-selling author, so you might want to just pick up her book. And a motivational speaker. She's also the creator, which here you go, of the Hope Process using the three B's, which we know how important this is. Breath, body, and belief. I love it. I love it. Love it. Says it all, right? Right there. You don't need anything more. She shares her challenges and yoga toolbox in unique ways to lead others toward a life they can love. Well, Hope, welcome. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for having me on, Sandy. It's uh, always fun doing interviews like this and meeting new people like yourself. I know. Isn't it crazy? Like, just think about just like you could click your fingers and how this would never be possible just a few years ago. And now you get to meet people all over the world and spread their story. It's to me just so exciting. This is one of the reasons why I love technology. <laughs> right. There's, I'm sure there's areas you don't, but there's a lot of good stuff out there. Exactly. So let's learn a little bit about you. So where are you from? Anyhow, where are you calling me from? Uh, yeah, so I live in uh, southeastern Wisconsin, born and raised. And so you were talking about the warm, snuggly fire. Like that is literally where we are at right now. And oh. um, I, I love the Midwest, though, because you kind of get the best of everything. Maybe not as long as you would like some things, but we have the fall leaves right now and the beautiful colors. And it's just it's one of those moments where you said you love going outside. I just love connecting with nature and I feel like nature talks to us. And this is that time of year where we're all in transition and so is nature. So I think we can learn a lot about ourselves. I, I agree. I agree. I, I, whenever I'm like in a cranky mood, I mean, the thing I want to do the most is get on my bike or take a hike with my dog and just even be outside for a few minutes. And it, you know, changes my mood. I have to tell you, I agree. <laughs> a story though, I was with one of my friends uh, last week and uh, she was going cat sitting. I'm like, Oh, I want to go with you. I want to go, go and see what you have to do. Cause she has to sit there for like 30 minutes. That's required. Right. So she goes in, I guess, you know, she just plays with the cat and I'm like, Oh my God, they have the most gorgeous trees. And I go, I can't wait. I like to put my hands on them. You know, do you ever do that and feel like you're communicating mm, with yes. the trees? Right. So I go over, I go, wait, wait, wait. She's like, what are you doing? I'll go be right back. And I put my hand on this 
big, beautiful tree. And she's like, that is a poison ivy vine. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was like, what? She's like, yes, that is a, I mean, it was this big, huge tree. I had no idea. I go, what is it doing in their yard? You know, cause it was this beautiful backyard. It was right in the middle. She's like, so I just, you know, it was smart. Like I just took my hand and didn't even touch anything and washed it off with like, you know, dove or whatever. But isn't that crazy? I'm so excited to touch the tree. And I didn't know it could be poison ivy. Have you ever had that happen to you? Uh, I I have not touched a tree with poison ivy, but I've definitely been in our woods where it's like, oh, these are so beautiful. And then right next to it, I'm like, I think that's the amount of leaves that is on a poison ivy plant. Um, And isn't life kind of that way sometimes where it's like, you know, you keep moving forward, you keep walking through, you know, on your journey, on your path. And there's always things that are going to come up that are going to maybe ruffle your feathers or distract you or or try to keep you from what you want or need. And it's how we respond to those situations. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that because I was thinking that, you know, here I am so excited, couldn't wait. And then. Ah, you know, and we were, we were laughing about it because I was walking with my hand. Like I was just so grateful though, that I didn't touch my face. Do you know what I mean? I was just mm. like right caught it and nipped it in the bud. So I don't know. I don't know what made me think of that, but that was like, cause mother nature, you love mother nature. And then, you know, just like everything else, you know, like you said, there's some twists and turns. So you lived your whole life in Wisconsin. Had you traveled yes. around a lot though, to see other places? Yes. Yeah, so, um, I have kind of had a unique growing up. So I, I came from a family that didn't have a whole lot. Um, I came from an alcoholic family, but at the same time, my parents wanted to give us everything that they could. They wanted to make sure we had experiences. And so when I was 16 years old, I, for the first time, traveled outside the country. I went to Thailand for two weeks and oh, went on a mission mm-hmm. trip and really fell in love with the Thai culture. But more than that, fell in love with helping people and fell in love with um, filling a need and connecting with people. And so then when I turned 18, I went back there. You know, I was there a few years ago for a conference. I spoke at a conference and I was just there for like 10 days, but I loved it too. It was amazing. The people and just everyone's so happy and positive and just it's such an amazing culture and I went back there again when I was 18 and thought I was maybe going to stay there for a year and volunteer but instead uh, my path led me to wait for it Nigeria Uh (laughs) and and I actually lived in Nigeria and um, volunteered at a orphanage for abandoned babies and just really felt a calling to want to help people and want to do volunteer work and want to work with people that, you know, their needs were greater than mine. Wow. And I thought that that was something that I wanted to continue to do. Wow. That was so young to have that yeah. insight. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this was all during the time that I was struggling with an eating disorder. And okay. so you didn't have, you stayed away from the alcohol though. Yeah. Well, I dabbled with drugs and alcohol through high school, but food was always my biggest um, means for controlling my life, that and exercise. Gotcha. And so here I am, you know, I, I have all these dreams and all these passions and, and these desires to do good things. And I feel like I know what my calling is in life, but I'm struggling with this big elephant in the room, this this really big challenge that I just felt like for a big part of the the struggle, I couldn't let people in to let them know because I just felt like the judgment I would get from other people would be unbearable. And in my head, I had made it up to be bigger than 
what it probably was, but if you we ever, all do, don't we? We all yeah, do. we all do. We all do. We all have our, our demons. We all have our burdens. And so I'm going on these journeys and I'm doing these things and I'm building myself up. And, um, at my last year of high school, a coworker looked at me one day, just randomly, you know, those random conversations where it's mm -hmm. just like, where did that come from? She turns to me one day, I was a lifeguard and goes, you look like someone that would practice yoga. And it just really struck me. I can still remember this conversation. And it really struck me because one, I don't think before that day, I really ever thought about yoga and maybe even knew really what yoga was all about. Gotcha. And I went home that day and I said to my mom, because I was still living at home, I'm only a senior in high school. And I said, yeah. I think I want to practice yoga. She knew, my family knew I was struggling with an eating disorder. I had done the whole therapy thing, done all that. It wasn't helping. And my Wednesday night yoga class became my weekly ritual of second chances. Every time I'd go to yoga, it was like my Hail Mary that when I left there, my mind was clear. I didn't have anxiety. I wasn't thinking about food. I wasn't thinking about all the, the things that are horrible about myself and wrong about myself for at least an hour. And it slowly expanded two hours, three hours the rest of the night as I continued to go to yoga. But it was just like this little prayer of you can do this hope. Like there's still hope for you. Yeah. There is still life for you outside of what feels like this hell that you're living in. Like you can do this. And yoga really provided a means for me to do that. And I think coupled with many of the other experiences that I had, you know, really kind of pushed me forward to want to live, to want to experience life, to want to be in recovery and share the struggles that I went through with other people. I just had such a passion for helping people. Wow. I guess what I thought it was going to be going and doing mission work and things like that, yeah. it turned out to be kind of a different field, I guess you could say. Yeah. Isn't that funny though, how you, you know, went around the world, basically, <laughs> you know, you didn't even just go to like most high school kids, you know, you went to Europe, you know, yeah, you went all the way around to come back and discover, you know, well, I mean, it still is, you're still in the giving back and helping field. Absolutely. You know, it's not like you went, you know, from that, you know, to decide you want, you know, something completely different. But just helping a different a different group of people than what I thought, you know, I, and I think we do this as a culture a lot. We look at, you know, who is in need and we instantly go to the most extreme. We look at the most poverty stricken countries. We look at, you know, well, I could give a dollar in wherever because it's ten dollars to them versus giving yeah. a dollar in our own backyard. And one of the things I've learned is that, you know, I feel a definite calling to help the people in my own backyard because this is where I live. Yeah. It's easy to look away and go, I'm going to help these people over here because it's kind of an instant gratification. And it yeah. is more challenging to, to help the people within your own group, within your own vicinity. And 100%. Yeah. And I think that through, you know, my struggles of, you know, an eating disorder and depression and anxiety, which is something now so many of us struggle with in today's world and finding yoga. And then my husband and I uh, unexpectedly lost our daughter that we all have challenges in life. Ugh. And I think the first thing first that we can learn from this is how can I turn inward to overcome these challenges instead of constantly turning outward? And, you know, gratitude is important. All these things are important, but there's so much noise in today's world 
getting quiet was one of the best tools I ever cultivated for myself to not only go into recovery, but to create purpose and really get clear on what that purpose was for myself. You know, I just backing up because there was a lot and I'm, you know, there was a lot of different directions we could go today because that, that was a lot of you said in there. But to back up with the one fact that you said of helping the people in your own backyard, you know, and the difference between that and the extreme extreme, I can relate to that in a way because when I first started out, I was a trainer and I was training very, very wealthy people. And mm. I had this kind of guilt, if you want to say, like, like, what am I really doing to change the world? Do you, you know what I mean? Like these people are yeah. so well off and da, 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 da. And what I realized is that wasn't true. Yes, they had a lot of money, but there were still the same issues of like everyone else that nobody else could see and that they put a big front on. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. when you're that close to people, whether it's yoga or you're training in someone's house for two to three times a week you really get to know them, you know, and deep inside. Mm -hmm. and it took me years to realize like, okay, I am doing good here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or it's the, and it's the trickle effect, like how you change them. They're going to go out and change the people that they affect. And, and in return, it's affecting your local community. It's affecting the people that you're surrounded with and that yeah. impact you on a daily basis. What I, I agree. So let's back up a little bit then. So now I can understand a little bit more or your motives for your journey, but what are you doing right now? Like, don't you have a yoga studio right now? <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, so I, after 14 years of running a successful yoga studio, I ran yoga teacher trainings, all, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I uh, took the leap and I actually decided to close my yoga studio just this past July Wow. And the reason being was I felt like I was being called to help people in a new way. And gotcha. have you ever been at a place in your life where you're doing something and you're really good at it and it's successful and there are rewards, but you know that you're really meant for more. It's almost like that Absolutely. chapter of the book can't be reread for the 9 millionth time. One more time. It just can't, it just can't be reread. I really felt like that was where my yoga studio was coming. It was like this chapter of my life is closed and I'm doing my students now a disservice by holding on to it. Did you say after 14 years? I'm sorry. Yeah, after 14 years. Yeah, so that's a huge decision. And I'm proud of you. I mean, because that must have been very difficult. Oh, my gosh. I, I pondered over that decision for more than two years. Wow. Yeah, that, that's you. Because you... you you had all those relationships and bonds with people. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there was a lot of crying going on. Oh, yeah. Well, and and two, for those of you that have ever made a big change like that in your life, my whole identity was wrapped up in this yoga studio. And furthermore, the identity that other people attached to me was yeah. heavily wrapped up. And I was getting to a place where I was almost annoyed when people would call me Hope, the yoga studio owner. Oh, oh Hope, she yeah. owns a yoga studio. And I, I was in my head saying, but I am so much more than that. Stop limiting me. Like I am not just a yoga studio owner. And I've discovered that when you start getting those flags like that in your life, that's usually, you know, a part of you saying, you know, it's time now, like you need to make this change. No one's going to make it for you. Yeah. And I have to be honest, making that decision in my life within a month's time of closing my doors, 
doors that I was trying to open up in other areas of my life, finally, I, I'm not exaggerating, we're swinging wide open. Emails, yeah. phone calls that I've been trying to foster relationships with were just coming to me. And, and it's so true about this whole idea of close one door, open another, this whole idea of trusting. And, and I relate it back to my yoga practice a lot because if it wasn't for yoga teaching me how to be uh, comfortable with the uncomfortable, learning how to be patient and breathe, I would have not been able to trudge through this transition as effectively and smoothly as I did. Oh. I agree. I, I agree. So what is your next journey? What is what is it that you envisioning? What do you want to do? Yeah. Well, I now two years ago um, opened up a company called Mother Trucker Yoga. I saw that. I <laughs> love that fucking name. I yeah. Yeah. And um, what turned in what initially was like, let's just see what this community like, what I can bring to this community has really turned into a leadership role and a um really great opportunity to lead the trucking industry towards health and wellness one wow. movement at a time. And I just felt like I was meant for more. And so that shift has happened for me and so many opportunities have come from that. But interestingly enough, in closing my yoga studio, what I'm finding now is I'm attracting or I'm stepping into situations where people actually want to hear what I have to say. And what I mean by that is, it's not just speaking on stages, which is something that I'm doing more and more and, and having conversations like this, but um, business advice and yoga studio advice and mentorship and things that I was always like, I'm not good enough for that. I don't have a college yeah. degree or I, I don't have enough experience that I'm only 35. Who would ever want to hear from me? I'm finding yeah. is that that was my ego keeping me stuck, keeping me afraid. And these opportunities just keep coming to my door. And I finally answered one. And it's kind of turned into a, a financially great opportunity, but also an impact where I get to use all this knowledge that I always just thought was just me being me. And I get to help other people and save them from the trials and tribulations and stresses that I went through and accelerate their journey. So again, that whole like helping your your local community, helping that which you're involved in has really, again, evolved to another level for me. You know, I'm so glad you shared that story because I think, like you said, almost everyone out there at some point in their life, maybe it's not that drastic, but there's things that, you know, they, they maybe they didn't decide, you know, changes that occur mm -hmm. that they felt, you know, I was thinking this, like you decided, you made that choice, right? You were like, this is what I want to do. I know there's more, but for some people, even though they're thinking that, and they're envisioning that they can't take that step, but then something mm -hmm. happens that yes. to like force the hand and the universe is like, okay, you said you wanted it. We can do this the easy way or the hard way. Yeah. But it's like, you've waited too long. I need to push you now because yeah. you're going to miss it otherwise. Exactly. And you may not understand it, but then when you look back at it, you go, oh, that's why that happened. And it's that shift that you needed or you wouldn't have done it. That extra push yours you made that decision but you had no idea all the things that would come along you know what i mean probably i, I agree your expectations i agree and i think for you know the people out there that when you make a decision there were so many other things that went along with that where it was like okay this has to be 
has to be better than what I have right now. And even though I love my local students, I loved my studio. It served a purpose for me. It was very yeah. successful. Like all of these things. I guess for those of you listening, I really want to encourage you and challenge you that if you're not be feeling fulfilled, if you feel like a chapter in your life is closing or or whatever it is, but you're not sure where you're going to go next. I pondered on closing my studio for two years, but I didn't know where I was going yet. And yeah. then as I started to take those steps towards doing that, like I advertised less, I wasn't putting new classes on the schedule. I started taking myself off of classes. So I was like making these small baby steps. And as I was doing that, different things started to pop up, challenges and opportunities simultaneously. I call them just checking points yes. where you say yes to something in life and then life throws you a curveball and goes, "Ooh, but what about this? And you have to decide in that moment to grab the apple or not. And I feel like that's life's way and the universe's way of strengthening you for the next phase in your life. And boy, were there a lot of those apples on my path to closing my studio. But I'm so glad that I kept my eyes on the prize because yeah. what's the worst that could go wrong? I go back to opening a studio. I can always yeah, do that. A studio, you teach yoga, right? There's no downside. So it's not that long ago. I mean, you said it was July, right? Yeah, just a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah, so that's that's very fresh, you know? And I have to ask you before we move on. So the the mother trucker yoga, is it was there a lot of truckers where you live or in your community? Why truck drivers? Great question. So two years ago I met my former partner um unexpectedly at a local business mixer. My husband's in local politics and he just kind of last minute, I got back from leading a yoga retreat that morning. He's like, hey, you should come to this mixer with me tonight in our in our community. And I said, OK, so I go to this this mixer. And, you know, when you live in a smaller community, you kind of know everybody. But this one gentleman I didn't recognize. We were at a table and we just start talking. And I was trying to pitch him corporate wellness because that's part of what I do, going to companies and and teach them how to have a happier, healthier workplace. And he looks at me and goes, what about yoga for like the truck drivers? Cause he worked for a company and a trucking company. And he's like, like inside the cab of the truck. And I'm a pretty theatrical person at times. I throw my hands up, step back from the table and go mother trucker yoga. And, and oh totally God. joking, totally joking. Yeah. He yeah. sticks out his hand. I had met this guy 20 minutes ago, mind you yeah. sticks his hand out and goes, let's do it. Let's be partners and go into business. Oh my and my husband was with me. I'm the leaper. My husband's the cynical one. And he looked, yeah, yeah. I look at him and he goes, you should do it. And for my husband to say that in a short conversation like that, I shook the man's hand. Next morning, he calls me up. And in four months, we build a company, a website, a, a, platform, a membership site platform. Um, and we launch at the U.S.'s largest, largest truck show. That was November. And in March, we launched. And wow. now just this last February, I bought my partner out from the company. It was a, it was a, totally mutual part, uh, parting ways. He had other things going on and other passions. And yeah, I was the one really running the show. And so that coupled with closing my studio, coupled with speaking and, and doing these things. See, the universe always has our back. We have to stop trying to yeah. control it. I didn't realize what was in motion and what this would become. And simultaneously, what was also happening in my immediate life as far as closing my studio. Crazy, isn't that? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So you're here with, now you're doing the Mother Trucker Yoga, which I just think is incredible. And I, I just yeah. love the name too. And I noticed it says 
because I don't have it here. Um, you're a best-selling author. So when, when did the book come into? Yeah, so I have had the opportunity to um, co-write with two different people. And so I had an opportunity to write with them, which both of those books have become best-selling authors, which is fantastic. And aside from that, I have written five different um, like fitness and yoga manuals for teachers and practitioners. But my most exciting is I am working on a book deal right now for Mother Trucker Yoga that is just in the beginning stages. And for those of you that write down your goals, for those of you that vision board or put things out there, Mm -hmm. I just want to tell you that it works. You know, I I, from when I was in fourth grade, I always thought I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to write books one day. And it wasn't happening, wasn't happening, wasn't happening. And then I wrote with another person, but it still wasn't my books per se. And now just in the last month, these things are now in motion and they wouldn't have been possible. I go back to yoga again, is that whole trusting, learning how to live in your body, using your breath, learning how to be patient, being able to kind of step back and evaluate all those things that you learn when you're in a yoga practice Mm -hmm. have really come full circle in my life time and time again. So... I know it's crazy. I, I was I was thinking how much I mean, I have journals everywhere, like <laughs> everywhere. Like I'm, I'm a crazy journal person and cutting out even pictures in magazines, you know, for my vision where I have like little carry things I put in my purse, yeah. you know, just, I, you know, it's just a reminder to don't you think it just whatever mm-hmm. method you use, you know, whether it's journaling, meditation, you know, and, and vision boards, it just brings you back into the present. Like I think like, you know, when you, your thoughts start going awry, it brings you back quicker, doesn't it? I agree. Well, and, and what do they always say that, you know, your thoughts become your reality and there, there's so much truth in what's going on inside your head. Even if you don't voice it, like that's your reality. So I would much rather want my thoughts to be focused on positive things, things that I want for the future versus on everything I've done wrong. That's why I struggled with, with an eating disorder for so long, because all my thoughts were, I can't do this. I'm dumb, stupid, ugly. I'm not strong enough. Like there's no hope for me. And as I started to shift my thoughts away from those things, that's when my recovery slowly started to snowball and slowly started to take shape. And so for those of you out there that are thinking that's hogwash, I challenge you to do a little Google search on any person that you admire that you deem successful or has a life that you'd like to live. They all do these practices. They all journal. They all have goals. They all do mindset work. They all meditate. They all do something of that sort because and they, that's what they equate to why they are where they are. I was just at a conference two weeks ago and every speaker said that same thing. You have to. You know, have your goals. You have to be focused. What do you want? Write it down. Say it every day. This is not rocket science, but why is nobody doing it? I shouldn't say nobody. Why isn't more people doing it? I think sometimes it seems too easy. Easy. Like a lot of times, you know, it seems like so simple. Mm -hmm. Like how could that work? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I agree. We've been led to believe that complicated means success. Yeah. And that you have to struggle and, you know, go uphill both ways in order to reach your goals. And I mean, and it's hard to think just by visualizing and writing it down. It just, it seems too easy. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
um, when you're talking here, first of all, almost everything you said, this is an easy podcast for me, Hope, because there isn't one thing I disagree with, you know, (laughs) everything. And I'm not just saying that because I I like good, you know, debates, I call them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But with this, I'm learning because it's like, aha, she's right. Okay, I didn't say it that way. So it's like everything you're saying, I agree with, but you're saying it in a way that I didn't even think of, which is so beautiful to me. And it's like breathing. You know how people say, okay, you're stressed, you have anxiety, whatever. Just take these deep breaths and you're like, right. You know, that can't be it. I must have to do something else or pop a pill. Mm -hmm. I agree. I totally agree. Because like I was looking at your, your hope process. So the hope process, do you put that in your mother trucker yoga? Is that something you put in everything? Yeah. So here's kind of what happened. So when I was challenged to figure out how I help people about five years ago, I was everywhere. I was the person that was like, I do many things. Like I'm good at a lot of stuff and not, not egotistically, but just, I just am. And a mentor of mine challenged me to go back and look at the common thread as to how I continuously am helping people. What do people keep coming back for? And that's how I came up with the three B's breath, body, and belief. But then they asked me, well, how do you do it? Like, what's your process? And I'm like, what's my process? Like, what does that mean? And I came to the point of I always knew that my name meant something. My sisters are Heather, Jessica, and Lindsay. No offense to them, but they got boring names. They have normal names. Uh, And why me? Why did my parents name me Hope? Why me? Why why did they pick that name for this daughter? And I wanted to use my name. And so I started looking at what my name meant and Googling it and researching it and helping others purposefully excel because that's what exactly what I do. I help others excel. I help others find focus and clarity and purpose because that's what I did in my life and that's what changed me and that's what I believe worked for me and that's what I constantly find myself doing for other people. And in Mother Trucker Yoga, when we developed this, I knew that the methodologies that I worked with, I wanted to use for Mother Trucker Yoga because I know they work. And uh, we came up with the feel better wherever. And I found myself with people, one small change, one simple change is all it takes to, to transform your life. And through that, I'm using these three Bs, breath, body, and belief, because that's really what it comes down to. Our breath is the first thing that we're given in this life and the last to be taken away. So why is it that we're waiting until our last breath on our deathbed to go, I wish I would have did this, or I wish I wouldn't have said that, or I should have been more bold and did this, or I should have whatever. Like we don't have to wait that long and tapping into our breath can give us the ability to learn how to live and feel again. It did for me. And I was numb inside. I I was, I I felt no, nothing for nothing. And yoga awoke that in me. I'm so so happy. Thank you. And the second B is body. I believe that the body is the soul's last attempt to get us to listen. So when students come to the yoga mat, I call it their incubator for their everyday life. Because what I've discovered in my practice and in teaching people is how we behave on the mat is a mini snapshot of how we behave in life. When a pose is uncomfortable, are you getting a drink of water? Or are you picking at your toenails when someone's saying something that they don't like? Or are you fidgeting around? Like all of these behaviors are exactly the way we behave in situations that mimic those poses and those practices. So we can learn from that and we can practice on the mat 
to be able to be a better human in life. That's how I work through recovery is I'd work through these things. I come to my mat, I get uncomfortable, I cry, I'd be angry. I, I, I'd feel all this anxiety bubbling up. And I'd say to myself, this is a safe place. If you can't get through it here, Hope, how are you going to be able to get through it in real life? And I found that mm -hmm. these little moments were actually propelling me through recovery faster. And when I went to outpatient treatment and I was surrounded by 11 other women, which was one of the best decisions I ever did in my life. But what I noticed was I was further along than what I thought. And I was further along than many of the other women there because of yoga. Mm. Mm. That's crazy. And you, you couldn't help but want to share that with the world. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the final B is believe. And I guess long story short, you have to believe that you're worth it. Bottom yep. line. Because nobody on the face of this earth can convince you that you're worth it. They can encourage you, motivate you, try to inspire you. But you have to believe it. And you have to make yourself believe it before you believe it. I accept looking in the mirror. When I stepped into recovery, I would look in the mirror every single morning and look myself in my eyes. It was uncomfortable. I didn't like it. I thought it was dumb. And I would tell myself every single day, you are beautiful. You are strong. You can do this. And something magical happened about a year into it. Yes, a year, 365 days. Yeah. After that year point, I actually started to believe it. Yeah. I actually started looking at my body and I didn't hate myself. I started looking at myself thinking, man, biceps are better than bone skinny. You are strong. Your voice does matter. And, and my mind started changing. I actually started to believe that I had value in this world. Wow. That's crazy. But it took a year. It took a year. And, and so I guess my message with that is this is not an overnight drink the Kool-Aid and yeah. you're free of all of your challenges. There's a yeah. reason why they say yoga is a life practice because it takes mm. your entire life to practice. <sighs> so let's back up a second. I have a couple questions here for you. Uh, I want to make sure I get it in because when I ever have a special guest come on, I reach out to say, what are your questions? You yeah. Know, and see, so I don't want to go through all of them, just a couple. Yeah. And the first one that they asked is when you mention breath and breathing, what is your breathing practice? Like, do you mean just during yoga or throughout the day? That's a great question. And, you know, and some people put four breaths in, eight breaths out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So two of the breaths that I love teaching and that I use religiously in my own life, um, I teach various ones in yoga, depending on what we're doing in class that day. But for those of you listening today, one of the best things that you can do is just learn how to deep abdominal breathe. The average person breathes with less than 18% of their lung capacity. So to give you a visual on that, that's like clavicle breathing. That's those bones yeah. on the front of your chest. Like no wonder so many of us have anxiety and we're stressed and we're snappy and we're angry because we're, you know, breathing yeah. as a method to get through the day. So one of the things that I do is when I wake up in the morning and I spin to sit up on my bed, I put my feet on the ground. I close my eyes and I take one really nice deep breath in. I try to get at least four counts. And then I exhale through the nose nice and slow and I try to get six to eight counts in. And while I'm doing that, I'm visualizing myself stepping into a successful day ahead. So, I mean, truth be told, I do that maybe one to three times. 
I'm not sitting there doing 20 minutes of pranayama breathing practice. I found what works for me to center myself. Then I drink my lemon water that's ready for me there from the night before. And, and I kind of move into my day. What I have discovered is when we make this laundry list of things that we say we're going to do and we have never done them before, we do them for like a week. It's like New Year's resolution when you're like, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week for an hour every day. You do that for a week and then you're like, yeah, Netflix and chill seems to be way cooler today. You know, and then all of a sudden we stop doing it. So those of you listening, what if when you wake up every morning, laying down, sitting up, but before you leave your bed, you just place one hand on your belly and one hand on your chest and you work to take a nice deep breath in and feel your breathing. Don't force it and work to take a nice deep breath out. And as you do that, you're taking in the day and you're letting go of anything that could be hindering you or blocking you. Again, visualization to help you have a successful day ahead. That yeah. also for me gets me in tune with my breath as a tool from my toolbox. So when I come into situations that are uncomfortable or stressful or uncertain where I might get anxiety because anxiety is a, you know something that I default to, I remember then, this is practice, I've done this a lot where it wasn't always so automatic, I literally step back from my desk and I take a nice deep breath and I say, hope you can do this. And I gotcha. step back in again. I love that like, like it's not that it's totally like you don't have anxiety anymore. It's just you, you have systems in place from doing them over and over again that you tap into it sooner. Absolutely. Because I think it's a lie to say to people, oh, I never I never experienced depression again. I'm never I'm never anxious. I'm never sad because we're human and I'm not here to to give people false beliefs that I'm something I'm not. I struggle like everybody else. But the only difference is I carry my toolbox with now. So the struggle doesn't last as long. My reaction is now action. And I'm able to learn from those situations and go, okay, how can I do better next time? Versus I suck. I'm never going to do that yoga pose again. Or I'm never going to call that person again because I made a fool of myself. No, I pick myself up. I take a breath and I move forward. And I think that's a, a, a big thing that we can all learn from is many of us who are perfectionists or type A personalities, and we're so tough on ourselves that as far as what you were saying about feeling worthy, nobody, people can inspire you and they can lift you up, but you have to believe it. Mm -hmm. uh, many, many times we think, oh, what do I have to teach? What do I have to give back? Because I still do this. I still have this. You know, I have to wait till I overcome that. Do you know I, what agree. Mean? Or I, I don't agree. do that anymore. And I think that's a really big thing for a lot of people. I versus agree. the authenticity of, hey, we're all in this together mm -hmm. and we all have stuff. It's just because I built this up year after year, you know, I just nip it in the bud sooner. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's no, pretty much. No, no. Well, and that's with Mother Trucker Yoga where I came down to the whole one small change. Where, you know, instead of like promising yourself the moon, how about we just do like one small thing to one small step? One of the things I've said to my students over the years was it's much easier to build a brick road one brick at a time than try to move a gigantic boulder 20 times the size of your weight. I mean, it's just we have this mentality that it's like if it's not perfect, I'm not going to do it. But, you know, 
complete or at least the attempt is way better than waiting for that perfect day or that perfect man or that perfect experience because newsflash you make those situations as perfect as you want them to be and messy sometimes is perfect but i would much rather be living with purpose than waiting for a perfect 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 purpose there we go um, yeah i like that that's sense. a tongue fire <laughs> so uh, I mean, that that's it. That was good. I love that. All right. Number two, do you still work with people with eating disorders? And is there anything or program you would recommend for them? Yeah, absolutely. So a big part of my um, following and a big part of my tribe is people with addictions. Over the years, I've just kind of naturally attracted people. I think for the one of the biggest reasons is I look at yoga and mindset work and growth things as kind of like the 13th step. You don't have to have gone through AA, but for those of you that understand AA, it's all about getting right with yourself, getting right with your higher power, whatever that is, um, and getting right with the other people around you. But once you do that, you got to integrate into life again. And yoga is this like action step that can really teach us a lot about ourselves and a lot about our lives. And so over the years, I've really cultivated a connection with people that have struggled with addiction and depression and anxiety. And I'm finally have put all of my methodologies and teachings and things together that I'm going to be launching a program. Um, and the new year, I believe it's January 6th, uh, practices for a purposeful and productive life. And it's a 16 week class. It's a group coaching program and online program combined oh. where I get to walk people through my journey and through what I did, because what I started to notice was I started to look at common threads of what happened first for this to happen, then what happened next for this to happen. And so I kind of put it all in order with affirmations and 10 minute yoga practices and breathing practices and guided meditations and a journal that I built with questions that I was asking myself at those periods in my life that I'm asking other people. And I I ran a few beta launches with this in the past. And some of the responses from people have been amazing because what they come back to me and say is, you know, sometimes it's some inappropriate language that you got to like cancel out, but they're, they're saying that like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize this was going to bring up this, this, and this, or I've never heard that that way, or this has racked my life in a way where I, I why have I not heard this before? You know, I applied this to my day or my relationship and I couldn't believe how much relief I felt. And so my goal with that is to just be able to help people make their journey a little easier. Not like I'm doing it for them, but that they don't keep tripping over the same stuff that can be easily avoided with a little birdie coming into their life and saying, hey, look up to the left instead of always looking up to the right and see if that changes what you constantly are doing with yourself. Whew, I didn't even know you had that. I'm glad I asked that question. Yeah, so we I've literally been working on this program for about two years and um, my assistant is so great and she's like, Hope, you just have to launch this and be done with it. And so we we're gonna launch before the new year, but I just thought it would be really appropriate for January, people having these new perspectives and wanting to make some changes with themselves. And so I'm happy to send you the information on that and um yeah, oh, yeah we can. know. But um I just think it's a great yeah, it's a great opportunity for people that just want to dive a little bit deeper into themselves and take a closer look and get to the whys. Because for me, I I feel very fortunate I stepped into recovery without medication. 
Uh, that was something that was really important to me. I didn't want to cloud my vision and my mind. And I know sometimes we need those things. But that being yeah. said, people then always ask me and go, how did you do that? This is how I did it. This program mm -hmm. is how I did it. Yeah, so that's cool. I'm glad you're doing that. I'm excited for you. I'm excited. Okay, question three. Do you have, and this is the last question, a specific type of yoga that you love or that you practice? Yeah, great question. Um, so I'm pre predominantly based in Hatha yoga, which is a little bit more okay. of like short sequences, holding poses, small short vinyasas, that type of thing. I really, my sweet spot is functional movement. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is um, for about 10 years, I did training all outside of yoga because I found that yoga had a lot of gaps. My students had injuries that weren't getting better. I had injuries that weren't getting better. And I wanted to figure out why. And so I, I've kind of figured out a crafty way to look at yoga and go, okay, yoga is an ancient art, 5,000 years old, but we have modern bodies. We're not like we were. We're not squatting on the floor eating our dinner anymore. We live in vehicles and sit at desks and have tennis elbow and, you know, wrist issues and things like that. So how can we adapt how we're approaching yoga to make a greater impact in our physical bodies and obviously mental and emotional, but physical especially. Yeah. And so my sweet spot is really, I love a combination of everything, but with a functional basis, meaning if this pose doesn't help me in my everyday life, why am I doing it? You know, putting my leg behind my head, how does that foster growth in me? How does that help me with my back pain while at work? You know, those types of questions. So that's really my approach and what I love and what gets me going is those connections. Yeah. Oh, so for those out there who practice yoga and have their yoga practice, I guess what you're saying is find the yoga that you love and, and fits you. Because yeah. And I, way. Yeah. And I would really encourage you to ask yourself, okay, are the things that I'm practicing on the yoga mat or how are they helping me in my everyday life and have yeah. a good conversation with yourself because if you're still having back pain or your shoulder's still bothering you, maybe that style practice or teacher isn't the right teacher for you. So sometimes it's giving people permission to shop around and there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Not at all. And yoga instructors understand that. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? They don't, most of them don't take it personally. You, they want exactly. you to get the joy and the happiness. Yeah, exactly. And if you're doing it for the right reasons and, um, you know, maybe you can bring back to that yoga teacher, like, Hey, I took this right class. I love when students do that for me. You know, I'd love for you to look into this style or I'd love for you to like help teach this pose that I've been working on at home. You know, I love when students do that for me. And so look for a teacher that, you know, is willing to explore those things with you because yoga becomes much like a family. And that's one of the reasons why I love yoga so much. Well, Hope, I love talking to you. This has been so much fun. I feel like we could sit here all day and just go off on different subjects. I know. I loved your website, by the way. When I went to your website, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think we're going to totally hit it off today. Yeah. I mean, it's just so easy. We could just be sitting here having a cup of tea or whatever and go on and on and on. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm writing down all these notes. We definitely have to do another podcast because oh, there's, so many good. there's so many different directions. And I really... I'm so happy for you, number one. And I'm also very grateful that you shared your story with everyone because that to me is the most important thing, you know, to spread, you know, be powerful and positive in the world and make a difference and to be vulnerable, you know, mm -hmm. it's, I agree. 
when it comes together. It's just so beautiful. But before we go, before we wrap up for let's keep it real. Is there anything that we didn't get in that you want to get in that we didn't cover? Um, I don't think so. I think just a, a final thought. I just want to inspire those that are listening today to never lose hope, to never lose hope, no matter how big the mountain is in front of them or how small they feel like, oh, this is so trivial. Like I should be so grateful for my life. Like your, your challenges are important and your strengths are important and don't devalue whatever is in front of you for any reason and mm. seek out that which will help you soar and help to help others. And what I mean by that is I started you know, going all the way across the world to Thailand to try to help people. And what that reminded me when it came down to it was like, I can help people in my own backyard and make an yeah. impact that I can actually see every single day. And I'm so grateful for that. And I want to inspire people that they shouldn't lose hope, that they can create an impact in mm. any aspect of their life. They just have to open their eyes to see what's there. I love it. All right, my let's keep a real people. I know you're going to be writing me and dropping notes telling me how this really helped you. And please, 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 if you have any questions, make sure you know you can go in on Hope Stuff and you can send them to her or let us know what you like and anything. Just share, share, share. Please share this. I think this is going to really help a lot of people. So, you know, go ahead, spread it to the world, share your podcast. Amen. All right, Hope, thank you so, so much. Again, I am so grateful. I love what you're doing. And until next time, everybody, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.